Hey, welcome back. This is Tom with the Progressive Mind Center Podcast. Always good to have you guys. I'm joined with a friend and colleague, Mr. Pablo. He's a licensed mental health counselor, and he specializes in EMDR and working with trauma and addictions. So I'm blessed to have him here with me in our little studio. And today we're actually going to be talking about a topic that's near and dear to me and my heart, and that is compassion fatigue. And we're going to be talking about exactly what that is and how you can find some help and some solutions uh, by the end of this. Thanks again for joining. Well, Pablo, thanks again for being here, man. Hey, how's it going, Tom? How's it going? Thank you for having me. So now you brought in with you some uh, definitions, and maybe that could help us get the ball rolling on what exactly compassion fatigue is. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, I I brought it because one of the things you mentioned is something that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, I want to say that I align myself with that, you know, statement. Compassion fatigue. What what is that? There's so many different definitions, and so many different people have so many different ways of explaining it. Well, I went ahead and took liberty to look at a couple different websites. Dictionary.apa.org. What it says about compassion fatigue, it says that it's burnout and stressed related symptoms experienced by caregivers and other helping professionals in reaction to working with traumatized people over an extended period of time. Merriam-Webster says that it's the physical and mental exhaustion and emotional withdrawal experienced by those who care for sick or traumatized people over an extended period of time. So what CompassionFatigue.org says is that compassion fatigue and its kin, such as secondary traumatic stress, PTSD, empathic distress, and vicarious trauma create issues over our lives. So when you think about those definitions, those things are pretty heavy, right? What does that really mean? What does that mean to you, Tom? Well, to me, okay, when you're working with populations, especially when it comes to people that have been abused, people that have been traumatized, people that have PTSD, when you hear their stories and you want to help, I mean, we're in this profession because we care very deeply about helping others. And so when we're helping, we feel and we start, because of our empathy, we start to really take on uh, their stories because we want to be able to, what would it be like if I were in their their shoes? And so we start to experience the trauma like vicariously through them. So then we're actually feeling the feelings that they're experiencing. We're having the same kind of triggers. And by doing this over and over again, we start to feel the effects uh, that lead to us being burnt out, by us becoming complacent, by us not wanting to help as deeply as we wanted to, almost feeling that hopelessness, like, am I really having an effect? Am I really helping uh, these people? Maybe I just need to go on to do underwater basket weaving or something trivial like that. <laughs> uh, so so to me, that's what it is, is that because of our compassion, because of our empathy, we end up taking on because we think, well, I can take that on because I am who I am and because of my background and my knowledge that I'm the 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 almighty therapist. I mean, <laughs> we're not really going around projecting that, but, you know, you feel like, well, I, I can take on their stuff. I can take on their pain and absorb it and uh, release it but turns out we don't release it (laughs) (laughs) and one of the things i've noticed in talking to other clinicians uh the beauty behind talking to other clinicians is that when we talk there's nothing hidden 
we're able to share those things that really bother us. We're able to share those things that really weigh on us. We're able to identify with those things as colleagues that we struggle with. So in this day and age, we have this thing called COVID-19. And what COVID has brought is- Damn COVID-19, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> this damn COVID-19. Oh my gosh, it's brought a tremendous amount yeah. of like stressors, right? Yeah. In many people's lives. When you look at the research, you look at uh, spousal abuse, you look at partner abuse, you look at child abuse, you look at substance abuse, substance you, look abuse at, yeah. you know, uh, symptoms of depression, anxiety, all those things are on a rise as a result of this. And who, who do people go to? Well, naturally they go to the helpers, which are therapists, clinicians, uh, medical professionals, nurses or doctors, uh, APRNs. They go seek help because they're hurting. Now, when you look at the research and you look at what's happening in our nation, yes, there are a tremendous amount of therapists who have long wait list because they can't see anybody else. Because there's so many people coming to the doors. And now that's a great thing for the clinician. It's a great thing for the people who are seeking services. But where's the clinician in terms of getting help? Mm -hmm. Where's the clinician when it comes time for that individual to say, I'm feeling a little burnt out today. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling emotionally exhausted. Well, that's a good question because what do we do as helpers, as clinicians? How do we find that release? Um, and I cannot tell you how important it is for me to have like you come over or when I get together with um, some of my other uh, clinicians that are here uh, and other colleagues that are friends in the community, even if we do it via Zoom or phone calls. It is so important for us to just get together and vent and just talk about not specific cases, but just the population that we're serving in general and just to feel valid and feel like, you know what, I'm not the only one who feels this way. I'm not the only one who thinks this way. And um, I need help, too. And I think that's a beautiful way to put it, because I don't think any one of us are Superman or Wonder Woman. You know, and sometimes I think individuals may see the helpers as those individuals who wear the cape because the service is provided, whether it be um, mental health or whether it be physical, mental, or, um, you know, they're seeing their, their uh, not just mental health counselor, but they're also seeing their general doctors and, you know, the individuals prescri prescribe the medication, Wh whoever they're seeing, it's great that they're able to do that, mm. but we're just people, mm. you know, and this message, it, it's actually to help out our colleagues, mm. you know, are you reaching out? Are you providing an opportunity for you to experience self-care? Mm. Are you feeling burnt out? Are you struggling? If you are, you're struggling with the case, so it's so large, you're struggling with, you know, feeling overwhelmed. You're struggling with feeling the pressures of not being able to meet, let's say, everyone's need, we can't. But it's very important for us to find a place of balance, to find that stability, to reach out to one another, as you were saying, to vent, to talk, to be an ear for one another. Yeah, yeah, to just give each other support. I mean, um, I have used this analogy before, and, and it, it hits home with me, and I'll share it. Um, Let's say you're an Uber driver and you could have the nicest car, a five-star rating, you know the roads really well, 
and uh, you're very personable when you pick people up. I mean, you're punctual. You pick people up on time and um, get them exactly where to, to, to where they need to go. Um, aside from all that, like attributing it to us as being therapists, we could have the best education. We could have a lot of experience. We could have a great track record. Um, as the Uber driver, if you don't have gas in your car, doesn't matter how good the car is, how much knowledge you have, you're not going to be able to get anybody anywhere because you need to have that fuel. And so as the therapist, regardless of your education or your experience or who you are or who you think you are, um, you're not going to be able to get your client very far if you're completely depleted, if you don't have enough in your gas tank, so to speak, uh, to be able to give back. So that uh, begs the question, why are we not taking, as clinicians, uh, time to engage in self-care practice, uh, time to help each other out, time to vent frustrations, uh, time to let our hair down with each other, time to support and utilize each other, because we need to. One of the things that CompassionFatigue.org says, it says providing authentic, sustainable self-care daily can help manage and lessen the disruptive issues associated with compassion fatigue. Where is our mental health? Where is our emotional health? Where is our spiritual health? Are we balanced? And that's the question that I think that's at the top of my list. Mm -hmm. Am I balanced? Right. And so all those areas you mentioned, uh, Pablo, what goes into that? Like if, if it was a recipe, uh, if you haven't figured it out, I like using analogies. <laughs> if it was a <laughs> recipe, like uh, a cake to make the best version of you and you needed uh, a, a little bit of uh, ingredients for spirituality, for intellectual stimulation, for physical uh, health and exercise, you know, what would you need? What would go into that recipe? You know, I mean, uh, for me, I would definitely need uh, some intellectual stimulation and, and being able to engage my brain cognitively uh, to talk about things that I enjoy talking about. I would need physical exercise and food and water and things like that. Um, I, I need to feel like I can get in touch with a, a spiritual nature uh, from time to time without uh, giving, giving, giving all the time. So uh, yeah, for me, and maybe that's how we engage in our self-care, is find out what is it that you need? Uh, what is your recipe for you being the best version of yourself? And then identify and make sure that you're getting those things. You know, I have a, a really good buddy. And one of, the, one of the things he quoted me saying is this, do something that'll make you smile today. It could be anything. It could be just watching your children play. It could be if you're married or you're with someone, just enjoying that person's presence. It could be just sitting outside and watching the birds. It could be as simple as creating that favorite dish you love because you made the time to do it. I think for myself, one of the things that's important for me is just allowing myself to not be so busy that I'm not in my children's lives. That is the vow that I took. And that is what find, where I find my balance in my home. Mm. And 
I've made a decision to not allow anything to disrupt that balance. Yeah, that's wonderful. Something for you to really cling to that this is, this is why I do what I do. And this is why it's important for me to take time to myself to engage in self care and then to be there for my family. So that's your priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So one of the things I ask people, you know, anybody that's listening, what can you do today to make you smile? What can you do today to make whatever it is that's important to you truly be important today? To not derail from that, to not take your eyes off of that, because that's what brings us happiness. Amidst the chaos, amidst the changes, everything that we've been going through, all the restrictions, all these different things. Allow yourself to find that something, whatever that thing is, to cling on to. Things will get better. Things will get better. They are getting better. Mm. But in the process, I think it's important that we remain balanced. We get so caught up in just the mundane day-to-day garbage. And uh, it's almost like you just become a zombie to it. And then you need to stop and zoom out and look at the big picture and be like, what am I doing? Where, where am I focused? My Where have I focused my attention? And where do I want to go? And let me make sure that I'm on the right track instead of just waking up, you know, like there was an old uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial with the guy, Time to Make the Donuts, you know, and he had that kind of zombie, <laughs> Time to Make the Donuts. And I feel like this is what our lives have uh, really become, and we need to shake that. We need to get out of that, repurpose ourselves, so to speak. Hmm. So. so what do you think is a good way to do that? How can uh, we do that? Well, this is what we need to do. When we wake up in the morning, we reaffirm, uh, this is the person I am going to be today. And you set your intention for the day. And by doing that, not only are you uh, in the moment, um, but you're giving yourself some positive affirmations. And then throughout the day, I think it was important for you to find those little moments I mean, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go to the spa for three hours, and that's my self-care. You can find those little moments where you make somebody smile and where you make yourself smile doing those things that you enjoy. I think if you can engage in those types of things, it would be really good. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, And then throughout the day, as you're helping, remind yourself to take a step back and every once in a while, just look at the big picture. And am I headed in the direction I want my life uh, to be headed? Or am I just making the donuts? <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that, that I would encourage, if maybe a clinician hasn't scheduled an appointment with their therapist, because many therapists have a therapist, it might be that time to just do a quick oil change, maybe a quick tune-up. Yeah. Because you are valid. Anybody listening to this, you are valid. You are important. What you do is enough. And sometimes, sometimes it's easy to miss that. Mm. Uh, So you had uh, discussed uh, when we first, you know, before we started rolling, um, you were going to be doing a a series of uh, of videos, uh, uh, Helping the Helper, or I'm sorry if I butchered that, but uh, maybe you can kind of mention that and and where people can, uh, where other clinicians can go to, get that information or to be part of that uh, thing. Yeah, come this Friday, uh, I'm gonna start maybe four to five week series. And what we're gonna be talking about is simply that, you know, identifying, you know, is the helper getting help? Who is the helper? Is it just a therapist? 
Or is it also a respiratory technician? Mm. Let's get away from mental health and medical, you know, let's say in that setting. What about a caregiver? What about that grandmother that looks over the grandchild? There's helpers in so many different areas. When you look at helper, when you look at that word helper, I think the definition is very broad. It's not specific at all. Mm-hmm. Because you can find helpers in every arena. You can find helpers in the church. Mm-hmm. You can find helpers in wherever you choose to worship. And all are subject to compassion fatigue mm-hmm. and burnout, and therefore need to engage in self-care practice and need to take steps uh, to uh, keep themselves from falling into that trap, mm-hmm. to be able to release uh their frustrations, to be able to release the things that they're going through, to be able to talk to somebody uh, that they trust about what they're experiencing. Uh, I think that that's all important. So I th- I'm, I'm excited about this uh, for you. So I'm looking forward to being uh, a part of it and to seeing how that comes about and, uh, um, and, and opening it up to the, uh, to the community. Yeah, right now you can find it at, uh, on Facebook, professional page. It would be just look up Ease Your Mind Counseling. E-A-S-E-Y-O-U-R-M-I-N-D, Counseling. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And come this Friday uh, will be the first of five videos. They're very short, three-minute videos, tops, two to three-minute videos. Uh, But hopefully it'll be packed with a lot of information. And if you know someone, you know, that day we might be talking about a therapist. If you know a therapist is struggling, if you know, let's say, a nurse's husband or wife that's really struggling because their loved one is, is away for 12, 13 hour shifts and they have to work two, three days in a row because of all these patients coming in. What about the spouse? See, the spouse also may need some assistance, may need some help. So, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, those things. And I think it might be um, beneficial for many people to just kind of tune in and, you know, if they're specifically not the ones that are struggling. They can, Know, have somewhere to tell their friends or family members, hey, maybe you should check this out. Absolutely. And I feel like there's so much more content that it's going to take much more than just four or five uh, <laughs> sessions. But maybe this is the start. You know, maybe this is to really build steam um, to get the word out there uh, about it. And maybe that would be just enough to get people started to to want to learn more and to want to seek more help. So because just when you were start when you were talking about all the different things you'd want to do I'm like I don't know how you're going to fit that into like four or five <laughs> but this is a good start man yeah and let me know how I can uh help um uh help be a part of that mm-hmm. absolutely uh is there any uh final thoughts uh that you'd really like to share with the uh w- w- with the audience I would say give yourself a moment after you brush your teeth to just look in the mirror and provide a positive affirmation. If you brush your teeth once, twice a day, three times a day, doesn't have, I mean, doesn't matter how many times a day, but every time you're in front of that mirror, give yourself just a one quick 30 second to one minute affirmation, positive affirmation, and let yourself know how valuable you are. People are calling on you for help and you're providing that service. Make sure you're doing the same for yourself. Love on yourself because you're valuable. Beautiful. Well said. Well, thank you again for being here, you guys. Uh, I look forward to uh, our next sessions uh, coming out pretty soon. Please feel free to leave a review. It helps us 
uh, grow and improve. Thanks again, Pablo, for being here. And I look forward to having you again, brother. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Peace.